Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And we talk judging and MMA. You can read the criteria at abcboxing.com. You should. Dan, a little bit of a, an MMA marathon over the last few days. Yeah. I didn't really watch any of it. Didn't watch any of it? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just do this show by myself. <laughs> live. I didn't watch any of it no, live. I know, I know. Um, well, I mean, you know, in addition to, obviously, we we touched upon in our last episode, the fact that there's UFC, of course, uh, that there was Pe- um, that there was Bellator, and that there was PFL. We didn't even mention the fact that Cage Warriors had their trilogy. They did three events in three days. Yeah, they. I feel they tend to been, do that. They know? do. They do. Absolutely. This, so. is, this is not irregular for them, but... Yeah, I it kind of slipped my mind as far as things that were coming up when we were preparing for this show, and and then of course they, you know, they just didn't stop having fights over in England. It just went on forever and ever. Just keep fighting. Yeah, but you know what? And, and I didn't get to watch any of that. But uh, uh, obviously, it was a super busy weekend. I I barely had time to watch what we did of PFL, Bellator, and, and UFC. So, um, you know, let's let's start with UFC. You know, this is the meat and potatoes. I know this is the one you got to watch more of. You didn't get to mm-hmm. watch all of everything. Um, I also kind of cherry picked some of the other stuff from uh, from the not UFC uh, card as well. But yeah, so starting with UFC, the headliner here, Cyril Gann getting the clear decision victory over Alexander Volkov. Uh, you know, there's there's at least a, at least a round, uh, potentially two. Some people thought that were kind of close. Uh, we'll touch upon just the one round that was split uh, later in the show. But as far as Gann and his performance, you know, I, I, I thought he looked very good. He looked okay to me. I mean, I'm not going to fawn over his technique like the rest of social media. They're like painting him out to be this Anderson Silva type guy, and I, just, I don't see that. I mean, he's very good, but I, I'm not going to crown him yet. I never saw anybody so. comparing to Anderson Silva. No, that's the type of, that's the feeling oh, like I get. that type of hype? Yeah, the feeling I get when they talk about him. Like, oh, they're, they're, they're just, oh, he's so technical. He's so good. He's so this, so that. And I'm like, all right, pump the brakes, guys. He, look. I don't I don't want to, you know, crown him or anything like that right now, but you know, he he's impressive in the fact that he's only been doing this as they say for 3 years mixed martial arts and and he just beat Alexander Volkov pretty clearly who is I mean, you wouldn't necessarily say he's going to be uh, getting the title shot, but he's a very 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 good experienced heavyweight striker. I would expect more finishes from especially in the heavyweight division. I think it's just the way he's choosing the fight. And and that that's another thing. It seems like he's choosing to spar, and he's not choosing to finish. But you know what? For someone his age, and the fact that he came to the age, you know, more more cage age, I should say, he got to the UFC very early. He he really didn't have a ton of fights outside of the UFC when he got here. Cage time is actually really vital for someone at this. I mean, three years in, he needs time in there. I think this is really excellent that he's able to get it. I don't think he's trying to just milk it, but I think he's taking patient fights. He's he's working on things. He's able to do that in there. Obviously, he's good enough that he can do it. He's got two subs on his record yeah. in the UFC, so I guess that's good. But he, he do a bunch of things. I would rather see him try to be the exciting guy instead of the not exciting guy. You know, there's plenty of time for him to kind of manifest that as time goes on. I'm I'm not worried. I I like what I see from him. I understand what you're saying. I know maybe he's not the most entertaining heavyweight right now and that is absolutely a fair criticism, but he's an extremely excellently skilled fighter especially for his development. His skills up there. 
it's it's I'm really the skill. I just don't I don't understand people drooling over them. I uh, think I think so. they're drooling over the possibilities. Okay, and I think that's fair to wonder what can he do as he continues to develop. All right, that, I mean that's fair. I just don't think he's ready for a title shot yet. No, I I would say you shouldn't just put him in the title shot right now, especially because there are. So, you know, it's a little bit of a log jam up there, you know, between <laughs> obviously it sounds like it's going to be Derek Lewis, not John Jones. But, you know, we won't we all want to see John Jones in there whenever they can finally get over uh, the gap they have in terms of uh, compensation between what the UFC wants and what John Jones wants. Uh, and then, of course, there's Stipe Miocic, who, yeah, obviously you wouldn't give him necessarily the next shot, but he's been a dominant champion. And I don't think we can say he's out of the picture by any stretch. Stipe's not out of the title picture, but I would like, before we even put Gan in the title picture, I'd like to see what he does against Blades. I think that's the match to make. Or well, Stipe. I would let him fight Stipe, too. Well, Curtis Blades, I believe he's heading into his the last fight of his contract coming up. Okay. And he's already booked again. I forget who he's booked Is against. He, oh, they remember? already booked him. Uh, he's got something coming up. Well, I mean, he last fought in February. It's been a while. I know. He also got brutally knocked out, too. He did. But it's been a while. Yeah. I think he's got something in July. Let's see. He's fighting Rosenstruck in September. Okay, in September. Okay, yeah, so it's still a ways off, but they've already got that one booked. And realistically, if he doesn't re-up, then that's not going to happen. And I, you know what? It really wouldn't surprise me if Curtis Blades moved on. You know, we're getting a little off topic here, but he doesn't seem like, just just observationally, this is my two cents, he doesn't seem like he necessarily loves the way things go with uh, working in the UFC. I think he'd probably be a lot happier in a different organization. Uh, he'd probably make more money there, too. Probably would be, and and realistically, you put him in the uh, in the heavyweight tournament of like PFL for some, you know, just for example. Mm-hmm. You tell me he wouldn't go in there and just clean house, probably. Yeah, I, I don't even know who's on PFL's dollars. heavyweight roster. Well, you know, there's guys Emmanuel Emiliano like Sordi, got, and, I mean, and uh, oh yeah, know, no, they're we, doing we heavyweight the, right we just now. Did the heavyweight? I thought we were, um, I'm so out of it. Oh yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, I never mind. I you're, I, I think your mind is still at the beach. Mine, where, where you? Were I at. may still be down the shore <laughs> yeah oh, sorty by the way is is light heavyweight i mixed up <laughs> so you're gonna yeah it's, it's no but for, for, for doom and uh usman and uh well, they both pulled out they weren't even in the uh, right but i'm saying no we know those that tournament's going on sure so i, I should have known that already it's all right that's all right but no i i would be interested to see what someone like that would do because I, I really think he could probably run run the table over in, in PFL and probably get himself to a million dollars, which realistically is more than he's probably going to get from the UFC. So, Yeah, yeah. But, but what I was getting at as far as Gan's next opponent is I want to see him fight someone who's not going to just uh, strike with him. Not a striker, I see. Someone who can mix it well. Like So I think Stipe would be a huge test. Stipe would be a good test. And if he beats Stipe, I might get on that hype train with everyone else. I I, I don't hate the idea of Gan versus Miocic, even though obviously we're saying, you know, you're saying he's not ready for a title shot. I'm saying probably shouldn't give him the next title shot. But we're talking about the guy who was just the champion and was champion for quite a while. So well, that's he, a very big step up. Right. But he's also ranked three. Mm-hmm. So where else can you fight? No, I agree. I'm, so, I'm with you. There's only so many things you can do with, with Cyril Gan other than just keep him busy, which I don't think does him all that much of just like do we need to see that unless you're just looking for no. that high right real uh knockout potentially that you want i would like that yes i know you do <laughs> <laughs> but uh all right so what about what about volkov though i mean do you think he's ever going to be the heavyweight champion in the no UFC? no i don't either i do not see it i don't see it i i think i think he could get to a title shot at some point after things clear up eventually potentially but god it's i don't know he, he seems to just 
come up short in these in these spots. You know, like he he looked okay here, but he he obviously wasn't the better man against Gan. And uh, inconsistent, inconsistent. I think is probably even even inconsistent within a fight because he obviously was doing really well against Derek Lewis, who's now challenging for the title, and then he got knocked out with a few seconds left. Right. So he just he never seems to kind of get over that hump. So yeah, I I would kind of write him off as as someone who we we will probably never see wear the belt, and maybe we'll be wrong. But you know, I I, I you know if you're telling me I got to side one way or the other right now, that's where I would side. Yeah, I'm with no. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We got we've got a ton of rounds. You know, we're gonna do. You know, we've got some UFC here. We'll do a little bit of. You know, we've got some split decisions from uh, one each from PFL and Bellator. We'll get to those later in the show. But let's start with the split decision from UFC over the weekend. That was Charles Rosa who got the win over Justin James. 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28 the other way for James. So obviously we've got some disagreement among the judges. Round one and three was where things were split. So let's start with round one, Dan. What did you see here? Round one, I I, I gave this one to Rosa, 10-9. Uh, I thought James started good, and I thought it was pretty close, but the second half of the round is where Rosa comes alive. He'll land a body kick, and that was the turning point of the whole round. After that, he was landing some good punches. Seemed like he just needed that first couple minutes to find his rhythm. And he got the back take. And then at, then at the end, he takes the back, some decent offense from there. That you know, sealed it. I I thought this was, especially because of the back take at the end, I thought it was pretty close and I was kind of leading to Rosa on the hole. And then that, that end sequence, I think you add in the grappling and that's a dominant position yep. where, as much as he didn't have it for very long. I think it counts. I think it's 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 effective offense, effective grappling. Um, I, I thought it was honestly like a, a pretty close but clear round. Oh yeah, here. I would agree. I was a little surprised to see Ron McCarthy go the other way, but I mean, I don't think it's egregious to give this round to Janes as he did. But I, I, I thought this was a pretty solid. Yeah, Janes had a good start. Rosa round, yeah, he did, he did. So, but I just didn't think it quite right. I thought it was even enough. Yep. So I, yeah, I, I can understand that. That's that's really if you perceive Janes to be that much more ahead before that, I guess that's where it comes from. But you know, I, I sided with uh, Adelaide Bird and Chris Lee here. To the judges that everybody on social media loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but round three, we have, again, another split round. This one, two out of three saw it for James. Uh, and that was, uh, judging-wise, that was Lee and McCarthy. Adelaide Bird, who had 30-27 for Rosa, saw this one for Rosa. What do you think of this score? Uh, I could see it. Okay. I'm not, uh, I don't hate it. I went with James. I went 10-9 James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rosa gets him down early, straight to side controls, attacking an arm triangle from the opposite side. So he never really was close to getting there. Then he switches to north-south choke. I didn't think that was that close, but I thought it was a decent attack. Back on the feet, James was the one that was landing the punches, though. Then he takes a ta- he gets the takedown, and then he locks in an arm triangle. And I thought that was a really solid, solid arm triangle. I felt like this was... Kind of a clear round for for James. Well, I thought it was clear up until this point. Rose is hanging super tough. He's not, you know, he's stuck in this, but he finally gets out. And then with 15 seconds left, he attacks a shallow Darce and then lands some ground and power from the turtle. From there, I'm like, oh, he definitely closed the gap a little. Yeah. Did he get over it? Probably not. I didn't think so. But I, I just don't hate it. I can see how someone can give it to Rose. Yeah, I I get there too. I think I think I'm kind of, in the same ballpark as you, more or less. I don't think it's a bad score. I, there were a lot of people on social media who thought this was a bad score from Adelaide Bird. And of course, I think she is such a lightning rod for people on social media that I think people are more likely to jump on her yeah. in situations such as this. But 
I mean, I still felt pretty good about this one being a Jane's round. So I kind of, I get where they're coming from. I think they just went too far in, in overreacting to yeah. this being a, uh, a round for Rosa. But ultimately, no one thought that Jane's won this fight. I don't think he was hoping he won. He, well, of course he was because he had his whole paycheck <laughs> on himself and he lost it all. And I mean, geez, at this point, you lost money because you still probably owe money to your trainers, your your coaches, yeah. all these people. The tax man gonna need his. Like yeah. you just paid a bunch of money don't to pay lose. the tax man though. Don't pay him. He doesn't deserve. Please it. don't listen to Dan. You oh. will go to jail. That's true. You will. It's it's part of the law. It's the law. But as we I should get as rid I of look at law. Dan wearing a shirt that says "police" on it. Yeah, I don't like the the tax man. <laughs> well, that's fair. No one likes the tax man because we go to jail if we don't pay him. It's kind of mean. It's a little mean. It's excessive. I agree. Let's just throw a bunch of tea in the water. Yeah, let's do it again. All right, we're moving on now. We have a majority decision, so we have got another situation where uh, a round, uh, in this case, just one round, could have swung the result of the fight here. So let's get to it. It was Tamur Valiev. He got a majority decision over Howney Barcelos. 29-28 times two and a 28-28 coming from Mike Bell, that one. Uh, the other two, Ron McCarthy again and Rick Winter. They saw a 10-9 for Barcelos in round two and Mike Bell had the 10-8 in round two. So it's it's really, are we talking about the degree to which the round was won? It's between that being a draw or being a win for Valiev here. What did you see? I saw a 10-9 for Barcelos. Okay. I thought Valiev was doing well on the feet. I actually thought he was winning uh, until Barcelos catches him, drops him. They're back on the feet, and then Barcelos rocks him a second time. This time it was a good rocking. And these are all like within like 30, 45 seconds of one another near the, near the yeah. end of the round, too. So, But the second one was the better of the rockings. Follows up. He lands some hammer fists. Mike Beltran's like, let me get a closer look here. You can see he's see like he's on. like moving his arms around like he's getting ready to jump in. But uh, Valiev kind of neat to watch. Valiev hangs on, and then after that, Barcelos is like, "Yep, I'm gonna go to sleep right on your chest." Yeah, yeah, nothing left. He was, that was it. Punch himself out. Um, I'm not a big fan of the 10-8, but I understand the reasoning. One can get there. I just oh, it's just it's, it's diminishing a struggle blows, for me. my friend. I, I mean, you're you're talking about very diminished situation where he was hurt very badly. I, Totally disagree. I mean, looked at his face, though. Look at his face when he's lying down near the end of that round. And obviously, Barcelos is just lying on top of him. He can't do anything. He's kind of like, man, this sucks. I'm trying to get back here, you know? I think he was very badly hurt. And I think that is why you can go the 10-8 here pretty, like, and feel good about it. So I went 10-8. I saw it the same as Mike Bell. But again, I do understand why it would be a 10-9 because we are only talking about this very short period of time and then at that point yeah he just kind of passes out and he arguably was not winning up to that point even right i just don't think he's as hurt there i think he's hurt i don't think he's that hurt i think he's quite hurt i I do i think beltran would have jumped in if he was that that far gone yeah but i don't think he was i don't think he was so far gone that he couldn't go but i mean he's still in a bad way yeah i not a big fan Twice. of the 10-8 for this one. I understand it. I get it. it you can the criteria says you can go there. Darn right it does. But I'm not going there. You've changed, sir. You wouldn't even recognize you a year ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> it really pissed me off that he wouldn't do anything after. Like, because you had the 10-8. If you just kept punching. But he didn't. And he didn't want to. 
I, st- I still think he got there. I can understand why. It's, I mean, again, we're talking about the high degree there. That's how I perceive it. You don't perceive it. That's fine. I can get why I, you wouldn't do that. But I perceive it medium degree. <laughs> medium degree. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. But so really, obviously, we're split here. Uh, we wouldn't couchside override this one. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you look at the fight as a whole, there's really only a small period of time where Barcelos is really winning the fight definitively. And it is obviously to a high degree. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's okay. I think it's good that Valiev did get the win because ultimately I think he probably was the better man. So mm-hmm. despite the fact that I would have ended up getting this a uh, 28-28 draw, I feel good about the result. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Sure. Not that I have any say of it anyway, right? Not yet. Not yet. But when I am appointed supreme leader of mixed martial arts, that's that will be the title. Yeah, no taxes either. Oh yeah, that's right. I won't get taxed. I don't care about you though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> impeach! Right. Ah, it's, it's I'm I'm appointed. You can't do anything. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Though we got Julia Avila. She got a rear naked choke sub uh, in the third round over Yulia Stoliarenko. But we have both rounds before that were split. No one had the same scorecard among the three judges. So let's start with round one. 10-9 Avila coming from Junichiro Camillo and Saldamato. Tony Weeks had it a 10-9 for Stoliarenko. Where'd you go? I thought this was a really close round. Action-packed. Great fight. I went with Avila. 10-9. Yeah, I had Avila too. Um, Yeah, it, it's... I mean, there's certainly a case to be made for Stoliarenko here because it, she keeps it very close. Um. I thought those front kicks from Avila were awesome. I also thought that one real frenzy they had, like in the you know the early part of this yeah. round, I thought that Avila came out much more ahead from that, and there was some good damage left behind. Especially, it looked like her nose was probably yeah, nose was Renko's nose was leaking, maybe broken. I don't know, but it certainly looked that way. I think that's good damage. I think you know that obviously will leave an effect on the fight. So I, I felt very good about going Avila here, but I don't think it's crazy. To give it to Stoliarenko. Oh, close. So, and yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a lot more tepid, especially after that um, that exchange there, kind of like that one early in the round, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, not like anybody was really stealing back there. I think they gained a lot of respect for one another. Most likely, I mean, yeah. it was they were they were slugging it they out. They were, they were. So, uh, but moving on though to round two, we have Stoliarenko getting ten nine from two judges again. This was Camillo and Weeks. Ivila got the 10-9 from Sal D'Amato. Where'd you go, sir? I went, I agree with Sal. Uh, 10-9 Avila. Yeah, I got D'Amato as well. Uh, uh, I, I, same as D'Amato, I yeah. say. Another close round, but I think Avila is the more effective on the feet. Stoyorenko had that decent leg attack, heel hook, you know, straight ankle maybe, but it was never really close. And on the feet, all she wanted to do was clinch and stall. So I think Avila. Yeah, I agree, but um, I, I believe actually... When I looked at the numbers, just I was curious. I think Stoliarenko had the volume, like like noticeably. I I think the stats are wrong. I don't know that the stats are necessarily wrong. I mean, they might be wrong. I did, but, I but I will say that. I don't think the stats represent what happened in the round here. I I saw it for Avila too. So yeah, I, I think really we're just talking about the actual impact, the effectiveness of the strikes, and I think that Avila's were more impactful. Oh, without a doubt, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. You know, we we both obviously side with Avila here. We sided with Saldamato, who was the out judge. What does that mean? I That's a couch side override. That's a what? Couch side override. <laughs> We're not going to use my sound effects either. <laughs> I tried to add some, but I couldn't. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, you know, those those were obviously some of the 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 more um 
I think talked about rounds coming out of the event, uh, but we will, uh, you know, we, we've got a few more here, just three more. We'll go all the way back to the headliner. Like we said, there was a split round. Cyril Gann and Alexander Volkov, there was only one round in which Volkov got any judge on his side because it was 50, 40, 50 to 45 twice and a 49-46. That round came from Saldamato in the first, giving it to Volkov. Ron McCarthy and Junichiro Camillo, they had it for Gann 10-9. What did you see? I saw it for Volkov, 10-9. How come? I thought he landed harder. I thought he landed more. I thought Gan, he was touching Volkov, but I think I thought he was just touching him to find his distance, find his rhythm. I didn't think he had much impact there. Well, you are very much a, a Gan so, hater, I'm noticing. I, but also, Volkov was landing better with his light kicks. He buckled Gan early with one of the light kicks. No, that's fair. And, you know, I feel strongly that Volkov won, but I'm not going to... Uh, fault someone for saying Gan won because it, it was a close round. So Sure. Yeah, I was on the fence about this one. I, I felt very uh, torn because I did think, yes, Valkov obviously had some his, you know, he had some really solid striking throughout. It was a, it was a competitive first round. Um, and, you know, parts of the fight looked like this too, but then there were parts of the fight where, where Gan started to really distance himself. Um, but yeah, I, I did side with, with Gan here. I just, I thought ultimately he was uh, landing with better effect. Okay. With, with mostly with the hands. Oh, fair enough. So, didn't matter. I don't think you can pull three rounds for Volkov out of this fight. I think, you know, some people were saying maybe round four for Volkov. Okay, fine. But it's, you know, you're, we're still talking about maybe 48, 47. I don't think there's three rounds in this fight for Volkov. Yeah, I'll agree with you. All right. Two more rounds, my friend. We're almost there with UFC. We have Andre Feely against Daniel Pineda. This, unfortunately was ruled a no contest because Feely looked terrific up until the point it ended because of the eye poke. Eye poke. Another one. Mm-hmm. Although I loved Daniel Pineda trying to uh, guess how many fingers were being held up by the doctor. Oh, uh, I had it on mute. I didn't really get to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So he was, tr- you know, they were trying to check out how many you had, and, and he's kind of just sitting there trying to guess. And it's like, come on, man. They're all like, oh, come on, let him fight. It's like, no. He's guessing. He can't actually see. Why are we trying to send him back out? So I would I would go on a limb and say he was in a fog because he took a beating in round one. Yeah. So I don't think that helped him. If he was more level headed and didn't take such damage in the first round, he might have been able to go on. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> like I'm I'm not I'm just, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna attribute his inability to continue on just an eye poke. Did you did you see the post fight interview though when he was talking to DC? No, he couldn't really look at DC. He still couldn't. Several minutes later, he couldn't really look at him. I I don't think the dude was like. And did DC even point it out because he was asking about it? Like, could you see or whatever? And he's like, Yeah, you're not really looking at me. It's <laughs> like, okay. I mean, we acknowledge that this was absolutely the right call here. Well, yeah. If he can't defend himself, you got to stop it. Yeah. So, so I, perfect call. Unfortunately, just means a no contest in this situation because it was Andre Feely's foul. Got to watch the fingers. Fighters, I mean, we've seen too many fighters recently. Mason Jones uh, recently did this as well. They're getting these no contests because they're they're having eye pokes that force their opponents to stop, even though they're looking fantastic. You know, what are we learning here? Got to do something about this. Control your hands. Control your hands. And I know you don't care about this, but fix the gloves. I freaking really care less. No, I care a lot. Anyway, let's get to the round, round one. It's a 10-8, 10-9 split here. Two judges, Chris Lee and Sal D'Amato, saw it for Andre Feely as a 10-9. Junichiro Camillo had it as a 10-8 for Feely. Which way'd you go? 
I went with the ten eight, but it's not a crystal clear ten eight. No, I I agree too. I thought this was actually a pretty similar. Well, I mean, it's not exactly similar because we have a round where Feely looks good on the whole. But I was gonna say it, it's sort of similar to the Valiev Barcelos ten eight ten nine disagreement because we've got periods where there's there's high damage, and then we've got periods in the middle where there's it's much more kind of natural. Yeah, so I, I I was only I wasn't ten eight until the end with the body shot. Okay. That's when it, that's what put it over for me. Yeah, I mean, we're essentially you got three three times in this round mm-hmm. where Pineda's in a bad way. Yeah, like a really bad way. So once it got to that point, I felt much easier giving this to a ten eight. Mm-hmm. I I think you just kind of wh- where what are we looking for when we're looking at ten? Are we looking for it to be you know high high amounts of da- you know uh you know, high impact situations. I think these are diminishing blows that he's suffering. I mean, it, obviously it bared, it bared out in hindsight too, but I think even watching it, you're just like, man, this guy's taking a beating. Yeah, he took a beating in his, and he took a high kick right to the eye that got poked yeah. the round before. Yeah. I it, think that played a big factor in him not being able to continue. If you can describe the round but, as he took a beating. That's true, yeah. I think, I think at that point, you just got to be saying this has to be a 10-8, right? Like, there's, there must be a way to find this he, as a 10-8. He took a beating. It's just the, 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 and the high criteria spot, would support that. It wasn't... The thing is, when the super high spots from Feely weren't sustained high spots. Sure, and, and that's, that's kind of what I'm thing. talking about a so, little bit. You know, the comparison between yeah. Valia Barcelos. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's not as clear a 10-8 maybe as it should be. But again, if you call it a beating, come on. Why can't we call that a 10-8? I like it. It's like... Let's just let's just throw out the criteria. From now on, 10-8 says, did he take a beating? Yes. All right, 10-8. And if he took a beating by Dana White standards, 10-7. <laughs> well, Dana, I don't think Dana would actually approve of 10-7s. He wouldn't, no. No. <laughs> I I do feel like, and I, I've said this from time to time on the show, but the criteria just needs to have a much more clear way for judges to be able to get on the same page for what is a 10-8 or a 10-9 because there's just too much leeway for them to say okay maybe it is maybe it isn't you can consider a 10-8 it ha- you know must be a 10-8 it's just why can't we just get to the point where it's it's much more definitive and that's why you know to plug our system that we do which you know is it's obviously just for funsies but i think there's some utility to the fact that if you just say okay 2d's that's a 10-8 3d's is a 10-7 you know 1d or, or less you're just talking about 10-9 you know mm-hmm. i i like that i think it's simpler at least gets us on the same page i think more frequently and if you want consistency of the judging, they need to be able to get on the same page. Yep. So when you leave it wide open, they can't. It's just, it doesn't work that way. So I hope that at some point we will get a little more clarity for these judges so that they can judge in a way that is very consistent and hopefully gets people off their butts saying that judging is terrible in MMA because it is not terrible. It's actually mm-hmm. in a pretty damn good shape. We're in good shape. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you and I, obviously, we had this one as a 10-8 on the whole. We saw it the same way as Junichiro Kamijo. So what does that mean, sir? Couch side over. <laughs> and our last round is Kennedy and Zechuku. I hope I'm saying that right. I do my best. Uh, got the win over Danilo Marquez. Round three TKO in a fight that he was definitely losing on the cards. Marquez won the first round. And in round two, it was split with two or three seeing it from Marquez. That was Kamijo and D'Amato. Dave Hagen saw it for Zechuku. Which way do you see it? Do you think it should have been tied? I went. I went for Marquez. Okay. Uh, I can see um, in Zekchukwu <laughs> uh, winning the winning the second. I thought Marquez was winning most of the round. Was on the back for a while. I didn't think he did all that much from the back. 
and when they're on the feet and Chuck. He does have the body triangle. Yeah, that does suck. It does. I mean, it counts. This is offense. Absolutely. Like the body, Ju- well, you know what? Any the body judge will triangle, tell you that the body triangle is something. It sucks if you're in it. But I. it's just, it's it's replaced what hooks used to be. Not exactly, because you can finish a fight with a body triangle. Right, but at that level. Not all that, of them are the same. You can't treat them all the same. But, but at least I'm it's, saying it's an at, offensive Yeah, at that, that at the UFC level, no one's tapping to a body triangle. I believe I, it actually has happened. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Didn't, didn't uh, Damian Maya do this? How long ago? I don't remember, but. It sounds like, I mean, I'm if, trying to remember as we speak, but. I will admit, if someone has my back and I know they want to get the body triangle, I protect that and I fight that instead of my neck. <laughs> because well, that's it's, just you. it's absolute worst. But guys that are getting paid thousands of dollars. Uh, tens of dollars. Tens. <laughs> tens of dollars, sir. Or they, sometimes they're paying the tax man. They may have a, uh, whatever. But yeah, the body <laughs> triangle is okay. It, I, I, don't, I don't look at it as. They're trying to finish a, a fight from there. I they look at it as they're cooking the opponent in holding position more so than offense. But when Nchukwu gets back to the feet, he lands the best punches of the round. He does. He does. So it makes it a lot trickier to go to how you score it. But it's only it's for this very small window of time. And I don't think he gets Marquez too close to a finish. You know, they're good. It's good, effective offense. But it's just a. He probably just needed a little bit more throughout the round. I think it, contri- it can. It was a contributing factor to why he ended up getting the win. Yeah, I would so, agree. I would agree. But you know, we're talking about but, hindsight at that point. Right. Oh yeah, really yeah. No, that. I'm not taking that into sure, account. I'm sure. just saying those strikes were solid, and I I can understand why Dave Hagen might see it for him. Gotcha, gotcha. But you, but you ended up seeing it for Marquez. Um, yeah, like I stay with Marquez. Yeah. I also had it for Marquez, so we we saw it as a majority. Um, you know, I th- I think it really does go down as Zedrakou's got got a very clear comeback victory because even even mm-hmm. if you want to say you know whether you want to say he won this round or not he is like you said turning the tide in this last minute or so so there's about mm-hmm. nine minutes of the fight where he is not winning yeah and then for the last what minute ish of the fight right you know before the actual stoppage he is definitely coming back and winning the fight so great effort by him great way to persevere and, and take advantage of marcus really just wasn't doing as much anymore at that point mm-hmm so good win for him, and I think the judges got it right in a situation where it didn't matter. But in Zetriku, he saved himself. Good for him. But the finishes, sir, we had seven of them. I think it was a solid card on the whole. Um, so you know, we had four TKOs, we had three subs. What was your favorite finish? Oh, my favorite was uh, Marcin Pracnio liver oh, okay. kick Ike Villanueva, and his he just shuts down. He didn't even have to follow up. Kicks him in the liver. And he collapses, and that's it. Game over. Now you are aware that there were three subs. I am aware. You that, didn't yeah. pick one. I am. Well, I mean, I'm a little was... confused. Are you okay? I love liver kicks. Okay, they're up there with Omapata. Okay, interesting. I actually didn't realize yeah. your your love of the liver kick. The body work. The body. Maybe I'll give you one for your birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what a terrible gift. <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, finish? Oh, for me it was uh, Hanato Moicano got the tap on uh, Jai Herbert. In round two with a rear naked choke after just brutalizing him. Um, this was not... I, th- I, th- I think I kind of saw this coming. I, I forget actually if I made the... I, I we, made we the sub pick. One. You made the TKO I pick. made the TKO pick. I couldn't remember which one we had had. Uh, but yeah, we kind of saw this coming in, in some form. I, I got close to it because he was beating him up, you know? Listen, he... I don't want to say for sure. But Jai Herbert tapped out so fast, he was it was just like a formality. Lock in a sub so we can get out of here. It, yeah. That's what it seemed like. He's had some bad breaks as far as who's been booked against. I hope Herbert gets one more shot in the UFC because 
he, you know, he lost here. He lost to Francisco Trinaldo, who, look, you want to get on his age, fine, but the guy can still fight at this level. That He's was that questionable stoppage, right? Where it was, went on too long in, in Fight Island? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, questionable stop. When you said questionable, I'm like... Questionable in the fact that it didn't happen fast enough. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it like, it shouldn't have been stopped. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? That, that was he got the, hurt. <laughs> that's the Dan Hardy incident, right? That fight? Yeah, I believe okay. so, because he knows, he knows Jai Herbert. Okay. Uh, I believe is what it was, and, and they have some history. So, yeah. Um, unfortunate for him. Again, I hope he gets one more shot, but hopefully it's somebody against, like, just bring in, like, a newcomer for him. Give him somebody who's coming off, you know, uh, on a new deal off the the regional scene. Let's see if he can get it. I, I hope he gets one more shot. But Mike Kano, obviously, he's going places in this division. I don't know mm-hmm. where exactly, but, you know, he's got a win here. He's got a win over uh, Demir Hazovic. That was the one where Hazovic was saying, uh, you know, or he was saying to Hazovic, oh, I wish I could have fought longer. And he's like, well, you shouldn't have tapped me out. <laughs> and Hazovic looked impressive on this card, too, on the early part uh, as well. He had a really good performance for about two rounds. Then he really tired out. But, um, yeah, he's going places. I, I want to see Moicano get a little bit more of a step up. I think you can because he's fought guys at featherweight that were really good. Mm-hmm. But that's it for UFC. Uh, let's move on to let's do Bellator first. Now, I, my understanding is you actually didn't get the chance to watch this. I fight. didn't. I didn't watch any. Bellator. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, just yeah, I can kind of handle this one. There's not really a whole lot to really say. Uh, Daniel Veitchel got the split decision win over Keone Diggs, 30-27, 29-28, and 28-29. Obviously, that means a 29-28 for Diggs. So we got three different scores. Two rounds are split here. And Dan, I mean, this this whole fight was just a supremely close fight. It's it's really just a matter of, it's not even that much to break down. It's really just how much you perceive an edge either one of them is getting in a very, very close kickboxing match, kind of a technical-ish kickboxing match. And I think Weichel, Weichel got 10-9 in the first round. I sided with the, uh, the, minor, uh, excuse me, the majority of the judges. That was Brian Minor and Marcel Varela. Whereas Dave Peabody saw this one for digs. And I mean, shoot, uh, you know, I don't like saying coin toss because it almost implies like you you just have to guess who wins. Mm-hmm. And that's not exactly how it works in judging. They, think, otherwise, they would give 10 times. I think you know? if you did, if you called it a, t- a coin toss, that's it. That's that's where you just start co- saying maybe it's a 10 10. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I went for Vichel here. Um, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong going the other way, though. Um, honestly. It's more or less the same story in round three. These these are supremely close rounds, very evenly matched, uh, very good matchmaking here uh, in Bellator. And uh, yeah, I sided the with round three. I sided with uh, Diggs in this one as well. Kind of a similar round. Brian Miner is again in the majority. He saw this with Peabody this time, but Varela saw round three for Vichel. So honestly, any of these scores, 30-27, 29-28, or the 29-28 for Diggs, there's no wrong way. I don't think there's a wrong score here. All right. Yeah, it's not really much to say, especially if I can't bounce it off you. It's hard to really discuss this one. But uh, <laughs> did you did you uh, decide with any of the minority? Oh, in this one, no. I I saw I saw it the same way as the majority here. Oh, okay. So you no know. Fontana overrides. No, there's no Fontana overrides here. Not that we would. I, you know, that would just make it a draw. You can't do that. You can't do four judges. But you count twice. It's, it's not six. I'll seven find. minute abs. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's a throwback to a fun movie. Oh, that's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. How'd you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> Frank's and beans. I am a big fan of There's Something About Mary. If you haven't seen that one, I'm sure you have, but go back and watch it. It's at this point, I guess it would be a classic because it's 23 oh, it's years old. It's gotta be a classic. It's 23 yeah. years old. That was, and that was, now we're obviously on a tangent here, but 
that was like a movie that I feel like got word of mouth and just kept going because people were just could, like hearing yeah. about it weeks later. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to go see it. I was 13. I my parents weren't going to let me go see that one. I caught that when it got home on video at my buddy's house because you know, there was no rules. So. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma took me to uh, I think my first R rated movie. I was five. Nice. Uh, Rising Sun, I believe. Okay. With Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery. I don't. I don't even know that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember mm. the plot. I just know I went. That's cute. Yeah. Nice little day with your grandma. Yep. I definitely like watched Predator in some form when I was about that age, but it was at someone's house because mm. it was. It would have been on home <laughs> video at that point. Yeah. Uh, and we would just go in the backyard and in there, you know, they had like a little spot of forest. It wasn't really like next. It was like just a bunch of trees in like a little backyard island kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, yeah, we would just pretend that there was a predator in the woods. <laughs> you just look up. Oh, the predator's there. We got to go. We ran out of the woods. Better get out of here. Yeah, it was great. Oh, I remember that game. That was a fun game. Anyway, let's go on our final fight of the night. This one, I believe you did get to watch, yeah, Dan, right? I saw this one. PFL. This was a big one, too, because there was a lot of implications. And obviously, it had one of PFL's biggest stars, probably their, their, um, Probably the crowning signing of the, you know, so-called offseason coming from the UFC and, and Anthony Pettis. He lost by split decision to Hausch Manfio, and that put him at 0-2 PFL, and he's not even going on to the playoffs. He so, didn't even earn a point. No, he didn't earn a single point in this one. And, and honestly, first fight, you can't make a case for him to win. He lost that fight to Clay Collard. This one, it's a split. It's pretty close. Let's start with round one because it was uh, 29-28s all around. He only got one of them. Round one, what did you see? I feel neither guy has a right to be upset that they didn't get this round. Okay. I think neither guy went out there and definitely, definitively took the round. It was very close. I thought they both landed some good shots. I think on the whole, Manfield landed the stronger leg kicks and that's right. The better uh, punches to the head, but nothing. Like I said, nothing was sustained. There was nothing. Uh, that stood out really for either guy. So uh, it's what it is. A ten nine man feel for me. I thought that Pettis landed a little bit more crisply with his punches when he okay. was able to get there, and, and I think Pettis was able to kind of fend off a lot of any of the not any of, but a lot of the actual punching attacks and even some of the mm. the higher kicks that were coming from Manfield. He's deflecting a lot of these. They're not mm-hmm. really hitting him. Um, you don't get points for defense, but he's not getting hit. That's what it comes down to. So I it is a close round. No problem going the other way. I did see this one for Pettis. Uh, John Billick and Dave Torelli were the majority judges who saw it also for Pettis. Uh, you had Donnie Carolay on your side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very close round. No problem with it going the other way. Round two, I think this one's a little bit more tougher to call. As, or Not tougher to call. I should say it's it, this one is not nearly as close. As the first round. This round, I okay, yeah, I was, I was. Where are you going with this? Real no, quick? Okay. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I just boxed myself in with, with. Uh, I'm not a good talker. <laughs> you've been listening to me for, you know, maybe some of you've listening for 130 some odd episodes, hmm. and if you think that I'm really good at talking, you just got another thing coming. I, I mean, maybe you just need to, you know, talk to more people. <laughs> like, I box myself in. I don't know what I'm saying sometimes, but yeah. So th- to, to go on and have my rambling stop, what do you see? Okay, here? so I think it was close, okay. but I think it was a lot clearer for Anthony Pettis. I do too. Yeah, you landed stronger. He actually went, and I thought he actually tried to win this fight in this round. He was he went for it a little bit more. Was more successful when he was being aggressive. That's what he needed to do. He knew he needed to finish to make the playoffs. He did, but I mean, he kind of. Towards the end of the round, he kind of took his foot off the gas again. 
which probably helped make it a little closer than it should have been. But yeah, I, I think Pettis wins this one 10-9. I do think there is a winner in this round. I don't think it's egregious to go the other way for Manfio as Torelli did, but I feel pretty good about this one being a Pettis round. Yep. I just do. I, I think I think it's a, it's a lot tougher to give it to to Manfio here but I'm not sure you know it could be could be angles maybe you're just not seeing certain things it's close enough that a strike here or there where you're not in a position to see it not to the the right way not to mention PFL's uh transition graphic covers the whole cage while the fight's happening I had that thought too that bothered me because obviously there was a stoppage in this round because uh it was it was the low blow right Yeah. yeah That was the other thing. Manfield couldn't really control those kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got to stop hitting Anthony Pettis below the belt. Get him up. Yeah, up or down. Just away from the target, you know what I mean? The off-limits target, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately this is a round where it really ought to have been Pettis. I, I feel much better about that score. Yep. But it's not, like, I don't think it's the... <laughs> I'm not going to, it's not... You know how people like, people like to call for people's heads... Yeah, you not know, for we don't one. really do that anyway on this show. I don't think that's our place to call for a judge's head. We can say when they when we think they did, you know, had a bad score, but commissions will be the ones who decide that kind of thing. But um, I don't think it really reached even that level of outrage for me on this one. We had oh, no. we've had a little bit in PFL. We've had some some PFL rounds to discuss this year um, in the last few months. I don't think this is one of them, but it's definitely one of the the tougher ones of this of the year so far you know it's it's on the list but it's lower on the list yeah you know what i mean uh but you know this pettis uh, again he won this round on two or three cards it was it was billick and carolee saw it this way so what we have is another situation we've been seeing these you know here and there where one fighter wins two rounds in a three-round fight on two or three cards but just not on the right judge's cards so that it ends up being nobody ha- you know no one actually ended up Seeing two, no, there were no two cards for Pettis here. So he loses, even though he kind of won both of those first two rounds on the judges' cards. Yes, yeah, so he's the majority scorer he's, yeah. in the split rounds, but just not the right majority. The it's the alternative decision. Is, the that, alternative what I, is that what decision. I did, dubbed it last week? Yeah. yeah. This is an alternative <laughs> decision for Pettis. Uh, and it's unfortunate because it obviously put him in, in a tougher spot. He wasn't, I don't believe he needed the finish to get into the playoffs he could still have gotten there with a decision but i i forget exactly what the calculus was they said or maybe they didn't really go there i don't remember do you remember uh, the graphic said he clinched with the finish in any round right but so i don't know if he can get there with a decision. no that's true but they what they were saying was that if he didn't i think that's when the tiebreakers start to come Uh, in and it gets more complicated so i don't know yeah, how that really worked. We brought Anthony Pettis in for this sole reason. He's the tie-breaking champion. <laughs> That's what happens. Could that have been what happened? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Here's 100000 cush money. It certainly wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I have no idea what the plans were. Um, but unfortunately, uh, well, I guess fortunately for the decision makers, they didn't have to go there. But unfortunately for Anthony Pettis, in a fight where he has a very good case to be made that he won for many reasons, he didn't get the win. But comes down to it he lost round three he did lose round three so he was definitely uh it was in his hands and he didn't get it done so at the end he can't be too mad he can be mad at himself he can be mad at himself absolutely and like 
I don't like to say never leave it in the hands of the judges or don't trust the judges or that kind of thing. But what there is That's outdated philosophy. There's truth in that axiom, though, in the, in the sense that, look, if you want to guarantee yourself the win, you have to take it into your hands. and You have to get that finish. And I don't think Anthony Pettis pursued that finish as heavily as he should have. Expecting definitely and that's, not one. that's where it comes down to it is is the yeah. never leave it in the hands of the judges because you're you're leaving it up to somebody else to decide how you perform yeah. when you can take that out of your hands. And it's easier said than done, of course. Well, yeah, well, especially with the skill of all fighters improving drastically. Absolutely. And, and from even, when that first was said. And even in other promotions here, you know, PFL is, I mean, realistically, it's it's still probably a tertiary um promotion here i think i think bellator's overall caliber of athlete is higher than what we have at pfl we have solid fighters in pfl but you know very few of them are really in the rankings you know on on typical ranking websites and things like that you know somewhere some like a database place like fight matrix there just aren't that many of them pfl or excuse me bellator has a lot more of that but even at pfl we've still got some some real balance here and it's cool to see for sure All right, that's it for us. We have no fights this weekend that we're going to be talking about. There are fights somewhere, but we're not talking about them. We're, it's all the big shows are off, tertiary and all. <laughs> fights are off. A little bit of a break for the uh, the weekend. We'll uh, you know we'll have a past judgment. We'll have a past judgment probably over the weekend. We'll have one for for Friday's show too. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks Figure for it listening. Out. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend or good week. <laughs> <laughs>